a fountain a bottle a donkey's ears and some books by robert frost read for LibriVox.org by nan dodge old davis owned a solid mica mountain in dalton that would some day make his fortune there'd been some boston people out to see it and experts said that deep down in the mountain the mica sheets were big as plate-glass windows he'd like to take me there and show it to me i'll tell you what you show me you remember you said you knew the place where once on kinsmen the early mormons made a settlement and built a stone baptismal font outdoors but smith or some one called them off the mountain to go west to a worse fight with the desert you said you'd seen the stone baptismal font well take me there some day i will Today, ha huh, that old bathtub what is that to see let's talk about it let's go see the place to shut you up i'll tell you what i'll do i'll find that fountain if it takes all summer and both of our united strengths to do it you've lost it then not so but i can find it no doubt it's grown up some to woods around it the mountain may have shifted since i saw it in eighty five as long ago as that if i remember rightly it had sprung a leak and emptied then and forty years can do a good deal to bad masonry you won't see any mormon swimming in it but you have said it and we're off to find it old as i am i'm going to let myself be dragged by you all over everywhere i thought you were a guide i am a guide and that's why i can't decently refuse you we made a day of it out in the world, ascending to descend to reascend. The old man seriously took his bearings and spoke his doubts in every open place. We came out on a look-off where we faced a cliff, and on the cliff a bottle painted, or stained by vegetation from above, a likeness to surprise the thrilly tourist. Well, if I haven't brought you to the fountain, at least I've brought you to the famous bottle. I won't accept a substitute. It's empty. So's everything. I want my fountain. I guess you'll find the fountain just as empty. In any way, this tells me where I am. Hadn't you long suspected where you were? You mean miles from that Mormon settlement? Look here. You treat your guide with due respect if you don't want to spend the night outdoors. I vow we must be near the place from where the two converging slides, the avalanches on Marshall, look like donkey's ears. We may as well see that and save the day. Don't think donkey's ears suggest we shake our own? For God's sake, aren't you fond of viewing nature? You don't like nature. All you like is books. What signify a donkey's ears and bottle, however natural? Give you your books. Well, then, right here is where I show you books come straight down off this mountain just as fast as we can fall and keep a bouncing on our feet it's hell for knees unless done hell for leather be ready i thought for almost anything we struck a road i didn't recognize but welcomed for the chance to lave my shoes in dust once more we followed this a mile perhaps to where it ended at a house i didn't know was there it was the kind to bring me to for broad board panelling i never saw so good a house deserted excuse me if i ask you in a window that happens to be broken davis said 
the outside doors as yet have held against us. I want to introduce you to the people who used to live here. They were Robinsons. You must have heard of Clara Robinson, the poetess who wrote the book of verses and had it published. It was all about the posies on her inner window sill and the birds on her outer window sill, and how she tended both, or had them tended. She never tended anything herself. She was shut in for life. She lived her whole life long in bed and wrote her things in bed. I'll show you how she had her sills extended to entertain the birds and hold the flowers. Our business firsts up attic with her books. We trod uncomfortably on crunching glass through a house stripped of everything except, it seemed, a poetess's poems. Books, I should say, if books are what is needed. A whole edition in a packing case that, overflowing like a horn of plenty, or like the poetess's heart of love, had spilled them near the window toward the light, where driven rain had wet and swollen them, enough to stock a village library unfortunately all of one kind, though. They had been brought home from some publisher and taken thus into the family. Boys and bad hunters had known what to do with stone and lead to unprotected glass, shatter it inward on the unswept floors. How had the tender verse escaped their outrage? By being invisible for what it was, or else by some remoteness that defied them to find out what to do to hurt a poem. Yet, oh, the tempting flatness of a book to send it sailing out the attic window till it caught the wind, and opening out its covers tried to improve on sailing like a tile, by flying like a bird, silent in flight, but all the burden of its body song, only to tumble like a stricken bird, and lie in stones and bushes unretrieved. Books were not thrown irreverently about. They simply lay where someone, now and then, having tried one, had dropped it at his feet and left it lying where it fell rejected. Here were all those the poetess's life had been too short to sell or give away. Take one, old Davis bade me graciously. Why not take two or three? Take all you want, good-looking books like that. He picked one fresh and virgin wrapper from deep in the box and stroked it with a horny-handed kindness. He read in one, and I read in another, both either looking for or finding something. The attic wasps went missing by like bullets. I was soon satisfied for the time being. All the way home I kept remembering the small book in my pocket. It was there. The poetess had sighed, I knew, in heaven, at having eased her heart of one more copy, legitimately. My demand upon her, though slight, was a demand. She felt the tug. In time, she would be rid of all her books. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.